President Tsai Ing-wen received Palau's president in Taipei on Tuesday, ahead of the opening of the Taiwan-Palau travel bubble. Palauan President Sarangal Whips Jr. is the first foreign leader to visit Taiwan since the start of the pandemic. In her welcome statement, President Tsai stressed that the world is watching as Taiwan and Palau launch their travel bubble, which will serve as a model for safe two-way travel. Accompanied by the foreign minister, the president of Palau walks into the presidential office. President Tsai was waiting in the entrance hall, wearing a face mask with the flags of Taiwan and Palau. The two presidents tapped elbows as a greeting before heading in. As the first state visit by a foreign president since the start of the pandemic, it was a momentous occasion. I would like to note that this is a historic moment for cooperation between the Republic of China-Taiwan and the Republic of Palau. On April 1st, the day after tomorrow, the Taiwan-Palau travel bubble will see its first flight depart. In addressing the challenges brought about by the pandemic, this model for safe two-way travel is being closely watched not only by our own peoples, but also by the entire world. With developing our agricultural sector. And furthermore, you've continued and when we signed a diplomatic relationship 22 years ago till now, you've helped us in infrastructure development, education, health care, and I think more importantly, brought our cultures closer together to realize that what we share as an Austronesians, um, our countries share the same values of freedom, democracy, but at the same time, we also share the importance of our environment and our culture, and that we need to protect it and take care of it for our generations to come. Taiwan's COVID success and Palau's record of zero cases have enabled the creation of a travel corridor that launches on Thursday. President Tsai hailed the Pacific nation as a great travel destination. I understand that you have a specific goal, namely to increase the number of Taiwanese visitors to Palau to 100,000 per year. When I visited Palau, I was very impressed by its ocean views, traditional culture and commitment to environmental protection. I strongly encourage Taiwanese people to visit Palau and I look forward to going there again myself. The good news I just heard is that the flight, on the first flight, is already full. And I hope every flight after that is full. And maybe we need up to, we put a cap at 110, we need to increase that number. We also need to increase the number of airlines and flights coming into Palau. Because hopefully now we have so many people that want to come, and we need to make sure our doors are open and ready to accept them. So I want to welcome all the people from Taiwan to come and visit and enjoy time in the, under the sea, above the sea, and enjoy our culture and have fun. Because Palau should be about having fun. And I especially look forward to your visit, Madam President, in the near future. As we discussed, it will be coming soon, I hope. Whips extended an invitation for Tsai to visit Palau again. The two exchanged gifts, with Tsai presenting her guest with a Pakarusa knife used by the indigenous Paiwan people to share food. It's a symbol of hope for more engagement between the two sides for years to come. U.S. Ambassador to Palau John Hennessy Nyland attended a banquet hosted by Taiwan's foreign minister on Tuesday. Hennessy Nyland is here as part of the Palau president's delegation and is the first U.S. envoy to visit Taiwan in 43 years. At the banquet, he gave short remarks that centered on Taiwan and Palau's COVID success. 
The Taiwan Palau travel bubble was made possible by a great deal of contribution from the U.S. behind the scenes. Our relationship with the U.S. and Palau has always been very close. Ambassador John Hennessy Nyland's visit to Taiwan shows that this relationship will only deepen. I believe this is the first two-way travel corridor in the Indo-Pacific and possibly in the world. It gives people the opportunity to travel safely again in the future. Taiwan and Palau have achieved remarkable results in the campaign against the global pandemic, and their cooperation is a model for how countries can work together to combat the pandemic. Their doctors and nurses, the frontline workers in Palau, and in Taiwan, and truly everywhere, deserve our highest praise for their life-saving work at this critical time. Earlier in the day, Palau's president joined Vice President Lai Qingde and Foreign Minister Joseph Wu at a ribbon-cupping ceremony at the Taiwan-Palau travel bubble. At the event, Lai said that the Taiwan-Palau relationship was, quote, true love. It was an apparent reference to remarks by the Palau president who compared the Palau-China relationship to an abusive marriage. After six days stuck in the Suez Canal, the colossal container ship Ever Given is free at last. The 224,000-ton ship ran aground last Tuesday, blocking the waterway and holding up global trade. Six days later, on Monday, an army of tugboats managed to wrench the ship's stern, then the bow, and the canal's sandy banks. Traffic has resumed in the Suez Canal, but there's a massive backlog of ships waiting to pass. Authorities say it could take more than three and a half days to ease the congestion. Tugboats blare their horns, celebrating the end of the ever-given's plight. After nearly a week stuck in the canal, the mega-container ship was freed Monday with the help of high tide and about a dozen tugboats. Its rescuers were jubilant. Today at 4.30 a.m., after a six-day blockage, we thank God that the situation is over. First, an army of tugboats pulled the stern of the ship free of the bank before successfully rotating the bow. It looked simple, but salvage efforts hit obstacle after obstacle. The crew worked frantically to clear silt around the ship while pulling at it with tugboats. Canal authorities mulled the worst-case scenario of having to unload the ship. Used the water power that was in the canal with the returning tides, pushed the vessel where we were pulling it. And the combination of the two, as we hoped, at the end of the day did the trick. Although traffic has resumed in the Suez Canal, there's a long backlog of ships waiting at both ends. The ship tracker website Vessel Finder shows a large number of cargo ships waiting to enter the canal. At the other end, another cluster of ships waits in the Mediterranean. With the backlog in excess of 400 vessels, authorities say it could take three and a half days to relieve the jam, which has led to massive losses for the global economy and trade. Over 400 tankers and freighters putting perishable cargo like livestock at risk, causing fuel rationing in Syria and driving up shipping prices. The Suez Canal carries some 12% of total global trade, and its blockage costs as much as 180 million NT per minute, or more than 1.7 trillion NT over the course of the 151-hour ordeal. The question of who pays, the ship's Japanese owner or its insurers, will be a point of contention in the coming week. More than 80% of hospitals ended 2019 with a profit. 
according to a report from the National Health Insurance Administration. Three of the top five earners were branches of the Chang'an Memorial Hospital. Topping the list for the fourth year in a row was Chang'an Memorial Hospital in Lingko, which posted a profit of 7.22 billion NT dollars. Almost all of it came from dividend income. Number one was Linko's Chang'eng Memorial Hospital, which had a 7.2 billion NT surplus. According to hospital statements from the past seven years, Linko has ranked number one for the four most recent years. Of course, most of that money comes from its dividend income, which comes in at around 7 or 8 billion NT each year. If we're looking only at income from medical services, China Medical University Hospital is number one at 1.6 billion NT. Number two is National Taiwan University Hospital at 1.4 billion NT. And number three is Kaohsiung Medical University Zhonghe Memorial Hospital at 900 million NT. The hospital with the worst bottom line was Far Eastern Memorial Hospital, which posted a loss of 434 million NT dollars, mainly due to medical service costs. Meanwhile, Fluren Catholic University Hospital and Jiayi's Chang'e Memorial Hospital each lost more than 300 million NT dollars, pre- presumably because they are both newer hospitals. As drought continues to ravage Taiwan, the government has launched a campaign to clean the bottom of dry reservoirs. More than 500 military troops have been sent to remove sediment from five reservoirs across the island. The government says the operation will also expand the reservoirs so that they have more capacity for the coming wet season. The reservoirs are bone dry and drought alerts flashing orange and red. Seizing a window of opportunity, the MOEA has embarked on a campaign to remove sediment from reservoirs. To support the cleanup, the defense ministry sent excavators in camo paint to dig out the buildup. Shovels in hand, soldiers and officials turn sod at a blessing ceremony. They're here to work on Miali's Mingdo Reservoir, which is vital to local farmers and households. Its supply is now at record lows. Soldiers plan to dig out 30,000 cubic meters of soil to expand the reservoir's capacity. The military is tackling the most difficult part to clear. The farther downstream you go, the harder it gets to remove. The Mingda Reservoir means a lot to the people living in rural Miaoli. Every cubic meter of earth the military digs out is one more cubic meter of water that can be stored over the next 20 years. Sediment removal is also underway at Shimen Reservoir, where more than 20 excavators were hard at work in the early morning. The military has sent troops to five reservoirs, 124 to Shimen Reservoir, 110 to Mingde, 113 to Liuitan, 111 to Zhenwen, and 49 to Agongtian. That's a total of 507 people and 209 pieces of heavy machinery. For this cleaning operation, for this mission, our agreement with the executive yuan is that there is no upper or lower limit to how much we clean. There are no restrictions on the amount. We'll clean until the flood season starts. Those are the additional remarks I have to give. The military said it would do its best to support the reservoir cleaning campaign as Taiwan struggles to weather the drought. Taiwanese students are being courted by hiring managers more fervently than ever before. A massive truck fitted with virtual reality interactive games and carrying 4 billion NT of equipment is touring colleges as we speak on a mission to entice students to a career with ASML. The Dutch firm manufactures EUV steppers, which are machines that create silicon chips. 
This year, ASML will hire 600 more staff in Taiwan in a major push to expand its influence in Asia's Silicon Valley. This ambassador explains EUV technology beside the truck. ASML is the world's largest EUV manufacturer. It's stirring up a lot of interest on campus. At this innovative experience truck created by ASML, you just need to log into the website on your phone and point your camera at the side of the truck. Inside, you see the 4 billion NT stepper. ASML's proprietary cutting-edge technology is on show on campus. Students joke that this is the world's most expensive traffic accident. Graduates looking for jobs are transfixed by the truck, which will tour colleges like National Chenggong University, Tsinghua University, and NTU. ASML is based in the Netherlands, but will hire 600 people in Taiwan this year to bring their Taiwan staff count to over 3,400 by the end of 2021. It's quite attractive. Not just the salary, but also the working conditions are more like what foreigners would expect. And you can grow within the company culture. Our salaries for bachelor's and master's students, as well as recent graduates, can be over 1 million NT a year. That's for graduates in photoelectrics, electrical engineering, material science, chemical engineering, and computer science. Of course, we also welcome non-science graduates. We have positions available in business roles. ASML also offers elite scholarships, internships, and professional training. Their focus on training hopes to ensure partnerships with Taiwan's big Silicon League players, including TSMC. We want to increase the trust of our clients and our relationships with our partners, and to serve them from nearby. Of course, we must also keep upgrading our technical skills, as well as improving our smart manufacturing capacity. So we will keep upping our game on hiring in Taiwan. This year, advanced manufacturing is being expanded by all four of the world's big silicon giants, Intel, TSMC, Samsung, and SK Hynix. This means expansion of EUV production facilities. As silicon continues to mushroom at every level of industry, hiring and retaining top talent is big business. Taiwanese doubles specialist Xie Suwei will bounce back to the top of the world rankings next Monday. Under adjustments to the WTA's ranking system, players will no longer retain their points after two years. This means that the current world number one Arena Sabalinka will lose her points from winning the 2019 Miami Open, putting Xie back on top in women's doubles. Xie reacted to the news with her characteristic good humor on Monday. On her social media, she wrote in English, Stay at my home in my sofa and back to world number one is an interesting experience. She had made it to world number one for the first time in her career on May 12, 2014. Her most recent stint at the top lasted 31 weeks from March 1, 2020 to February 21, 2021. How often do you grab something from a store to eat as soon as you get home from work? More and more of us do that more and more often. Fresh convenience food is a major part of supermarket and convenience store strategy. That's led to high-end convenience food as chefs and top restaurants partner with chains to produce instant oat cuisine. Tian Xiang Lo is one of Taipei's top Michelin star restaurants. But now you don't have to book ahead or queue for hours for a seat. Its famous Dongpo pork is now available as an instant meal in convenience stores. After I have it, sometimes I really want to go and have it in a restaurant. 
Because it makes me miss that flavor, maybe. I might get it once or twice. It depends on who they're partnered with and the items. Chain stores have various tricks to keep those special flavors authentic. At 7-Eleven, they've produced rice balls with fuhong soy milk. Instead of the typical deep-fried dough for filling, you get a breadstick. That way it stays crispy. Over at Family Mart, they've got tonchin ramen with seaweed wrapped separately to keep it fresh. And at High Life, celebrity chef Hiroki Nakagawa has produced an instant eel meal. He promises it only uses genuine seasonal eel, never canned eel. Products have to be pitched six to eight months in advance. They have to standardize the procedure for all the ingredients and adjust the process by which they enter the factory, as well as the ingredients and the temperature of the cooking, down to all the fine details. Some ingredients may be taken out in that process, maybe because they're not readily available, or because of their nutritional content, or to comply with various tests. And it's not just convenience stores. Hypermarkets, including PX Mart and Carrefour, are also introducing fresh fried products. They say that's driven customer numbers up 10% as everyone looks for a quick solution to dinner. A traditional American burger is just a patty with lettuce, tomato, and a bun. Some would say don't fix it if it ain't broken. But one Taiwanese restaurant is going to town with over-the-top burgers. The recipes have more layers than you could count on your fingers. Will burger lovers take the bait? Let's check it out. A double cheese mixture melts together on the griddle before the house-smoked beef mix nestles on top. It's rolled up and piled on lettuce, tomatoes, and a steak to create smoked beef in a blanket. The next dish is known as Krabby Boss goes in the frying pan. A soft-shell crab is covered in flour, dunked in Sichuan pepper sesame sauce and fried. Once it's golden, it's covered with extra pepper and mayonnaise. The dish even comes with eating instructions from the chef. You have to squeeze the burger flat to get the full taste, he says, and bite through the whole thing. It's an outrageous dish with an extraordinary taste. The restaurant's owner is full of these jaw-dropping ideas, experimenting with ingredients and using molecular gastronomy techniques to give diners a burger like none other. He always thought Taiwanese burgers were too insipid, so he wanted to do a series of eye-popping burgers. When we first started trialing recipes, we wondered how we could make it like the famous soup dumplings with a juicy inside. So we put beef stock into the meat, and using molecular gastronomy techniques, we made a super juicy burger. These American burgers are one of a kind in looks and substance, but it remains to be seen if burger fans will be convinced.